Hello, my lovelies, and welcome back to Listen Closely. I am your host, Bobby, and for once, I am joined by John, my husband. Happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. It is officially spooky day. Yeah, it's spooky day. Like, it's spooky season, but it's spooky day. Yeah. So, happy Halloween. We've had a, we've had a week. It has been extremely exhausting, but it has been the best weekend ever. Yeah, like we've we've been running around. He's been running around. I've just been exhausted watching him. Honestly, <laughs> somebody told me yesterday they were like, "Man, my feet hurt for you." Right. I mean, you have the halls of horror that you've been helping out with, which yeah. is going amazingly. And between that and then the downtown bash that you were a yeah. part of, yeah. I mean, you you just make me exhausted. Yeah. On top of just regular work. And so. the shows, you know, right. all, all like, the other shows. But the good thing is, is that this is now Thanksgiving time after this day. And I don't do anything during Thanksgiving. so Except eat. Except eat. Yeah. So <laughs> I, get, I, I get to you rest. train for eating. Yeah. And get, it, get ready for Christmas time with all the events we do then. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're not, we're never done. Yeah. Never done. Because it is officially Halloween day, I found a uh, story topic to talk about. It is not a good one, but it is one, again, that we need to talk about. Right. So, and I know you've heard it, because, I mean, almost everybody has heard, make sure you check your kid's candy. Right, yeah. I mean, that's one of, like, the biggest things of Halloween that people have said, and almost every generation knows. In fact, our generation now has, like, memes of it. Well, we used to, growing up, we used to have, like, because before the internet... They would have PSAs on TV that yeah. were like, hey, check your candy before you eat it. And see, most of us think that that's all urban legends, like nothing's actually happened. Unfortunately, something did happen once. Yeah. Very close to here. Mr. Ronald Clark O'Brien had a wife and a son and a daughter. Okay. On October 31st, 1974, the O'Brien family, along with some neighbors and their kids, went trick-or-treating in a nearby neighborhood. It was drizzling that night, so, I mean, that seems to be the thing in Halloween. We actually did not get rain today, Yeah, which is like the first time in a long time, because like the past couple, we've had rain. Yeah, it's a very pretty day outside. Yeah, it's beautiful, but... Now, you said it's close to here. Yes. Like, where are we... Oh, I'm sorry. I did not say. He was actually living in Deer Park. Okay, so that is very close to here. It is very close to here. About two hours. Right. Yeah. I believe they went trick-or-treating in actually in Pasadena. And that's funny because that's actually, you know, that's where my job is. So it's right there. I go and visit it every week. There you go. (laughs) So somewhere over there. But they went trick-or-treating. And obviously, we all know that once you go trick-or-treating, if the porch light's on, you go on ahead. That means come in, we've got candy. And if the porch light or the lights in the house are off, usually that means either we're out or we're not participating. Correct. I mean, that's just like, I don't know where that was adopted, but that's always been a thing. I mean, well, it just makes sense. Like, if my light's out on my front porch, I'm usually asleep. But I would forget, and so my light would just stay on, and I'm like, why are people still knocking? I mean, there are times that we leave our porch light on. So. Last night. <laughs> yeah. We were just so exhausted. <laughs> but uh, they went up to a house, and it was appearing to be empty with absolutely no lights on. But they went ahead and tried. They were like, you know what, we'll just, you never know, you might forget to turn on the lights. We might yeah. forget to turn off, you might forget to turn on. And I've, I've gotten candy from people who have had their porch lights off. Like, it happens. So, they knocked, and, you know, the kids are anxious and knocking and nothing. So, they knocked again, nothing. 
So the kids being anxious and they're like, okay, we want candy. I mean, we got to make the most out of it. It's already drizzling. It could possibly start raining soon. Right. So we want to make the most of it. So they went on. So the kids, along with the neighbors, went on to the next house. They gave up. They said, we don't have time for this. We need to get our candy. Ronald Clark O'Brien stayed behind and continued to not. Well, he would later catch up with the group and brought five pixie sticks with them. And they're the large, like the giant pixie sticks. It's not like the little paper ones, but the giant ones with the plastic. Yeah. And he said that the house... Eventually, the person did open up, and he handed them the five pixie sticks. They had four children with them in that party, so he handed them out to his kids and to the kids that were with them. And then he would later give the last pixie stick to a a kid he knew from his church. Okay. Just to give a little background, Ronald was the deacon at a church. He sang in the church choir and was in charge of the bus program where he lived. So he knew a lot of kids from that kind of background. So, you know, when he saw another kid that he knew from his church, that's why he was, hey, have my candy. Right. Understandable. Right. So they went on, but they did not get very far. They maybe trick-or-treated about two blocks. And then they, you know, with the drizzling and everything, they were just like, let's go ahead and call it an early night. Right. Let's get, let's go. So... They said their goodbyes, went their separate ways. Before the O'Brien kids went to bed, they decided, like all kids, I want candy. Yeah, I'm on much on my candy I just got. Right. So, you know, they finally said, you know what? Yes, you can have one piece of candy before bed. Okay. The little girl, I'm not sure what she grabbed. She'd grabbed something. But she didn't grab the pixie stick. She did not grab the pixie stick. Okay. Eight-year-old Timothy, Ronald's son, grabbed a sucker before going to bed. But okay. Ronald said, no, 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 you don't have time for sucker. Which, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, a suckers take a while. Yeah. So he said and suggested that he grab the pixie stick instead. Okay. Timothy, you know, I was like, okay. I mean, I at least get candy. Yeah. So Timothy grabbed the pixie stick, tried to open it, but could not. Uh, it was very difficult to open, so he asked for some help. His father opened it up for him. And then Timothy, like, grabbed the pixie stick like we all do and just, you know, throw your head back and pour. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of clogged up. Pixie sticks do that. So, again, uh, Ronald helped by, you know, like, rolling it between his hands to get it to loosen up a little bit and gave it back to Timothy. Right. I mean, within seconds, uh, Timothy started to complain that the pixie stick tasted very, very bitter. And he did not like it. Ronald gave him some Kool-Aid to kind of help wash it down, wash out that you know, weird taste. And then something started to happen to Timothy. Uh, Timothy started to experience stomach cramps along with vomiting. And it just continued and got worse. He was in the bathroom, doubled over, just grasping his stomach while Ronald was there holding him. And, you know, Timothy was just continuing to just vomit and scream in pain and agony due to these stomach cramps. Mm. They did call 911. And while they were en route to the hospital... Unfortunately, Timothy did pass away. Ma'am. So they continued to the hospital where they found out that he was poisoned. And they had asked the parents, you know, what what happened? What has he gotten into? Was he in anything he wasn't supposed to be? What did he eat? You know, they're just trying to figure out what exactly happened that quickly that could have caused this. And the only thing Timothy had had within that time frame was that pixie stick. Right. So, of course, they said, okay, yeah, let's get the rest of the pixie stick. Let's, you know, were there any others? Were there any other candy? So they started to grab the candy and started testing it. They notified the news outlets and stuff like that, and they were able to get the word out. So parents were freaking out. 
And the uh, Pasadena PD actually got tons of bags of candy and they had to test it all to make sure that it was, you know, it was okay. But they did look for those pixie sticks. They were able to locate four of them, which, of course, Timothy had one. The sister had one. And then the two neighbor children had them. So they were able to get those back pretty fast. Right. And then that fifth one was that child that was, you know, just walked up. Yeah. The one from the church. Right. So they were trying to get a hold of that. So, you know, once they got a hold of the parents, the parents started frantically looking for this pixie stick. Like they were like, okay, it might be this. And when they tested the other pixie sticks, they did find there was some poison in there. So these parents are freaking out, trying to find this pixie stick. They cannot find it anywhere in the house. So they go up to their kid's room. When they open the door, their child had the pixie stick grasped in their hand asleep and had been unable to open it. That's, wow. Mm. So, I mean, you could just imagine the terror, but yet, like, the relief. Yeah. Like, what could have happened? I mean, I just can't even imagine. And that's, you know, talking about that. Back then, of course, you didn't have this, but like we were talking about the PSAs, one of the biggest things we talk about now is that if the package has been altered or damaged in any way, throw it away. Like, right. there's not there's not a question about it. Right. But, I mean, just to be, you know, and, and I'm not a parent, but... Just a, I'm sure there was a very tense, stressful time in their hearts to just walk into that room and then like that sigh of relief knowing, hey, they couldn't get the pixie stick open. So, I mean, that literally is what okay. saved their yeah, child. Like, was, yeah. But, I mean, that's, man, it's already bad enough. Yeah. Well, when they tested these pixie sticks, they found out that it was cyanide that was in them, mm. which, if you know, cyanide does come in powder form. Correct. So they believe that somebody had slipped in the cyanide and mixed it with the pixie stick, mm. I guess, dust, and that is what created that very bad, bitter taste that right. Timothy experienced. So they quickly, you know, went to Ronald and was like, hey, okay, so it's these pixie sticks. The, so far, they're the only things that have been poisoned. They're the only things that look like they were even tampered with. Where did you get them? And Ronald started to start giving conflicting stories. And this is where it starts to get fishy. Okay. Because, I mean, they're not, ex- you know, by all means, he's looking like just a, a very sad father that's just going through a lot. Right. Like, they start to realize, hey, how do you not remember where you got these? And then that's when he was like, well, there was a house that had no lights on. And the person opened their door, didn't turn their lights on, and just handed me these pixie sticks and then quickly shut the door again. I don't remember where this house is, but that's what happened. And I remember distinctly that the person that handed it to me was a male and he had very hairy arms. Okay, so they're like, well, let's find this house. So they went to go look for it, but uh, he was, you know, he didn't know where he was. He's like, no, this is, I don't, nothing looks familiar on this. I don't remember where. And so they started asking him again, and that's when the story started to change. And then finally, he was able to show him, okay, this is the house that I got the pixie sticks from. So they, of course, checked the address, checked who owned it, tried to figure it out. Well, it belonged to an air traffic control person for the airlines. Right. So they went and talked to him, and he was at work okay. all night long. So like he didn't get off till way late in the night, way after they even left and were home and everything. So he was obviously out. Right. He did have a wife and a daughter, but again, with Ronald saying that it was a very hairy man arm, and they had no reason to believe that 
the wife, the daughter, or honestly, the male of the house had anything to do with it, they quickly ruled that out. Right. So they're still trying to figure everything out. But, you know, Ronald's starting to give very conflicting stories on how things are going. And he's just acting a little funny. Yeah. So they start to dig into Ronald. So Ronald Clark O'Brien, other than being a deacon at the church, singing in the choir and in charge of the bus program, was an optician in Houston, a TSO. So, I mean, it is a very well-known eye doctor. He was over $100,000 in debt. Oh, wow. And remember, this is 1974. So when I looked it up, it is over $550,000. So that was already suspicious. They started to look around more in his background. He has held 21 jobs within that past 10 years. I mean, that's like two jobs a year, practically. Right. That he has held and... He was also suspected of theft at the current job at TSO and was actually about to get fired when this incident occurred. Looking some more, his car was about to get repossessed due to lack of payment. Bank loans defaulted, which made their house be foreclosed on. Mm. So they were like, they were at the end. Yeah, I mean, he was was done for financially. Well, he took out two life insurance policies. Hmm. Not on him and his wife, but on the children. Really? When they started to suspect Ronald, you know, they started asking around and people started coming forward. There was an individual that came forward and said that he was asking around for cyanide. Ronald was. And he bumped up the insurance policy early October. So right before anything happened, he had bumped it up Hmm. once again, even despite... The insurance policy saying, you know, this is unheard of to have so much on the children. Right. So the the insurance policies did advise, hey, this is a little excessive. Right. But uh, they went ahead and did it. Yeah. I mean, they're going to make money. Right. So the funeral of Timothy. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, everybody attended. It was a very solemn time. Right. Very sad. And Ronald, the father... Remind, I just want to remember that the father mm-hmm. sat there talking to everybody about how he was going to go on vacations to forget about everything. And he can't wait to go on vacation so he can forget about all of this tragedy. And this vacation is just going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so good for him. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, I... I mean, like, I get you want to get away to forget about things, but that's weird. Yeah. And not only that... But he had actually called the insurance policies and said, hey, when can I start cashing out? He had called them after the fact of his child's death? Right after the child's death, before the funeral. Mm. He was already on the phone with the insurance trying to figure out how he can get that money. Motive, motive, motive. Motive, motive, motive. Police took a little visit and very, like, very soon after the funeral arrested Ronald. He maintained his innocence the entire time. He said that I, it wasn't me. There's no <laughs> way I could have done it. I, th- these people are lying, obviously. It's crazy, man. And, you know, more and more people started to come out and saying, yeah, he actually asked around for, like, where to get cyanide and, you know, kind of made weird jokes about, hey, you know, if I were to buy cyanide, how much would I take to kill a man? Okay. Okay, hold on. Time out. Time out. So let's let's look at the facts, okay? Yes. He gets these pixie sticks from an unknown source that he says, okay, right. that he went to this house that had no lights had no lights they handed these five pixie sticks out the door right okay come to find out that the house wasn't vacant that it was actually an air traffic controller his wife and their kid a daughter yeah yeah okay so that was blown out of the water all right so then he files a life insurance policy early october Mm -hmm. 
He ups it, or he filed a life insurance policy. He ups it early October. Right. Okay. The kids die from cyanide. Well, Timothy poison. dies. Timothy dies. Yes. From cyanide poison, which he had been talking about around the office to his colleagues and friends. Right. Okay. About where to get it. Right. That now shows up in these pixie sticks. And then after Timothy's death, he immediately calls the life insurance policy people and to ask them when can he cash out on his son's life insurance. And then at all of this together, he's sitting there claiming innocence. So I know I've blown your mind, but would you like to know more <laughs> yes, about the please. evidence? Because I feel like this is going to keep getting crazier and crazier. So the police found a pocket knife that belonged to Ronald Clark O'Brien. Okay. That pocket knife had pixie stick residue on it. So what they believe is... So you got him. He slit the uh, opening. Right. Poured out a little bit of the pixie stick dust. Poured in the cyanide. Right. Put the uh, label back on it and then stapled them shut. That makes sense. And that's how he did it. Wow. Oh, and I know I'm just like giving you more. They had an adding sheet. A little piece of paper okay, that added up all of his bills Mm -hmm. and then all of the life insurance money on both children and found out that, you know, he would have X amount of money left over once he paid all his bills. Right. They found that. Like, that's not... Who does that? Who adds up, okay, I have this many bills. The kids cost me this much so that I'll have X amount of money left where I'm going to go on my vacations to forget about everything. Yeah. So basically, he kills the kids, gets the money, pays off his debt, flees the country. That's his idea. I mean, basically. Yeah. I don't know where he was going or what he was going to do, but he was getting out of Dodge. Yeah. And you may be thinking, okay, he wants to kill both his kids, so why is he having five pixie sticks? Why did he give them out to the other kids? I mean, that's a good question. Why not? Well, to cover his tracks. Yep. To make it so it's not just his kids, but... The same reason he didn't let his daughter have the pixie stick right off the bat because he wanted to wait a few days before she. See, and that was hers. my thinking because my thinking, obviously, the one of the first things, other than why not, why give to the other kids? The second thing is why didn't the little girl get it? Because in my mind, if I'm a police detective, if both of them take it at the same time, that's very suspicious. The first thing I'm going to look at is what do they have in common? Right. And that's going to make this case wrap up quicker. But if you have, you know, the son have it one day and then, you know, they don't realize it. And then a couple of days later, the daughter gets it. Right. I mean, then that creates that fear and, you know, everybody going crazy, which will be able to distract everybody and get me out of here. Right. I mean, that was my thinking, too. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. So he goes to trial. One account of capital murder, four counts of attempted murder. They find him guilty. Yeah. And so they then have to deliberate on, you know, how to sentence him. Less than an hour is what it took for them to sentence him. It took me about three minutes. And they did sentence Ronald Clark O'Brien to death. I mean, the evidence is there. Right. It's on his pocket knife. It's in his bank account. Like, it, it's there. It's I mean, it's, it's everywhere. It, to to yeah. us, it's there. Like there's, he, he did not leave any reasonable doubt of him not being the person. Right. So, for a very long time, Texas had an old Sparky. Yep. We had an electric chair. hmm And that's literally what they called it, was old Sparky. <laughs> but they, you know, times had been changing. We had to find another way to right. People were administer complaining. the com- 
right. because of the the I guess you would call it Inhumane. the inhumanity of the electric chair and how it took a longer period of time to kill a person than per se stuff like lethal injection or other other types of you know. right which is why we went to lethal injection correct so we had gone to lethal injection and he wasn't the first one to right. to get this the actual first person i believe was in 1982 correct so ronald clark was supposed to actually have several days of the day but they always had stays and his lawyers would argue that he didn't get a fair trial they argued that the death by lethal injection was inhumane not a good way to do it. There was no real studies and research on it. There wasn't enough there. Right. And it was a horrible punishment. How dare anybody. They tried it all. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they did. It's what they get paid to do. They lost. Yeah. So on March 31st, 1984. So that make it 10 years. Yeah. About 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Early, early, early that morning. He went and, you know, obviously they give them their last, their last, you know, chance to say anything and anything you want to say. He still maintained his innocence. Right. He still said, I, it wasn't me. But you know what? I forgive all those who think it's me. I forgive those that are about to kill me. And I know where I'm going, so I'm fine. That's basically. Mm. And that was his, like, throughout his final days. Right. That's what he would always maintain is his innocence, that he knew where he was going. <laughs> and although you can kill the body, you cannot kill his mind or spirit. And that's where he left it. Mm. He never apologized. He never admitted guilt, which he did fail a polygraph test during all of this. Right. So he he maintained it to the very end, and he stated it was never him. And early that morning, he did die by lethal injection. So I was reading some comments on Facebook because, you know, this has been talked about throughout the years. And there were a lot of people in the comments of many posts that lived in the area or were children at that time. And they said that either Halloween was canceled for a long time. Like they just didn't do it. Either for their family and their communities like canceled it. Or the parents like they would go trick or treating. And then immediately have to throw out the candy. Yeah. So this man literally ruined Halloween for years for children. All because he was a selfish man who was just trying to get out of his debt and... Go on vacation. Mm. And to think that he was not only going to kill his kids, which is already horrible enough. Like, I don't even know how you can kill your own child. But then to kill three others. And and the thing is, is that, you know, like, there was, you know, what I look at it, he had life insurance on his kids. Right. The other three, there was no reason to do it other than he wanted to make sure it was like, you know, he wanted to cover his trail. Yeah, he wanted to cover his trail. But... <sighs> Within the prison system, the prisoners have a code. And yes, they do. So, like, if you're just a petty, you know, criminal, it's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but you know what I'm saying? Like, in the prison life, it's it's a little bit okay. Like, you're all right. Right. If you're a rapist, you know, then you're down the totem pole. Oh, yeah. They're going to... Yeah. If you are a child murderer, and especially mm-hmm. of your own children, like Ronald Clark O'Brien... You are hated mm-hmm. because a lot of them do have families of their own. They do have children of their own. Right. So if you hurt children in any way, you're like the bottom of the bottom. Yeah. Like you are shunned. You are hated. 
You are the despicable. And yeah, I also have to understand in the, like so in the prison system, you know, all these guys are, are you know they've done time. Right, they've done bad things. Yeah, I mean, they're, but they're there. There is. I don't know if you've ever heard the expression "honor among thieves." Right. But there is an honor system in that prison to where, you know, of course you have gangs in prison and stuff like that, and you have the the top people and stuff. And if those people, if they see the and they hear what you've done, uh, in fact, I watched a show one time where it was a convicted child rapist, and the first thing the guard told him when he walked to the door is, "Don't let them know what you're in here for." Right. Because you won't make it out alive. And that's just how it is. Like there's certain there's a certain moral code that they have in prison that you don't cross that line. Right. And it's anything to do with children. Right. I mean that seems that's to be it. That, yeah, that's, you're done. That's it. Yeah. So Ronald was not liked among the prisoners. And they I mean, it's it's not good, but I mean there there is a moral code and I mean in the end, I know it doesn't matter. Right. And unfortunately, Timothy had to die because of his father's greed. Yeah. So Timothy never got to grow up. He never got to see his sister grow up. I mean, there's just so much that he missed out on. May May Timothy rest in peace. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, even families outside of Timothy, the three children that didn't eat the pixie sticks, and especially the one that was grasping it, I mean, that family got a second chance. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's so lucky that he did staple those pixie sticks shut so that child could not open it. Right. I mean, that's one of the silver linings there. And, I mean, even the, the children of the area at the time and even a little years afterwards were hurt by this because they could not go out and just trick-or-treat anymore. Mm. I mean, they had to throw away their candy or they just flat out didn't go. I mean, he literally ruined so many lives. This man... So, have you ever heard about the day he died, Ronald? Mm-hmm. There was a crowd there. About 300 people were there. Then some of them were cheering, and some of them were yelling. And this is just, I, I don't know what to say about this, but some were yelling trick-or-treat. Yes. That's... So, there was a rumor man. that went around that for his last meal, there was a pixie stick that was slipped in. Really? There was not. Okay. But there was that rumor that was going around. And I don't know if it was somebody who said, you know, it would have been poetic justice. Yeah. To just give him a pixie stick. Yeah. But that rumor did go around for a little bit. He did not get one. He actually had a very good meal, which I'm not a fan of doing. Yeah. I don't like that. I hear you. Yeah. But uh, it's just. I mean, that's just a bad way to go. I mean, cyanide and Timothy's pixie stick had enough cyanide to kill two adult males. Really? The other pixie sticks had enough to kill four. So that's why it, it, it just hit Timothy so hard and so quickly. Wow. He did not have a chance. I'm actually surprised that you allowed me in on this one because you know how I feel about this stuff. And it I just know. it makes me sick to my stomach. But at the end of the day, justice was served. And, you know, what, what needed to happen happened. And like you always say, we're here for the victim. So, right. Um, and I do want people, because I know we, like I said, this day and age, we kind of poke fun of, oh, check your kids' candy, check your, you know, and, you know, especially with the edibles that are now right. around. So we're like, you know, check your kids' candy, somebody might give you an edible, and we're kind of laughing at it and stuff. But it is a good thing to always kind of just real quickly just go through the candy. Right. If and you if, see anything that looks suspicious, that looks like it was tampered with, just go ahead and throw it away. Even if you know for a fact that your, your kids' candy came straight from the manufacturer, still check it. 
Right. Like it's 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 good to check just to make sure that you know because I hate to say it, but we live in a we live in a different kind of world these days, mm-hmm. and you never know. So just make sure you're being cautious with your kids' candy. I mean, even the seventies, they were more yeah. they were more open about it, and I mean, nobody's safe. Nowhere is safe. Right. So it just, it takes just a little bit longer. Check your kid's candy. Just, you know, briefly check it while they're kind of throwing it around, trying to figure out what to eat. Right. I mean, it, I'm not telling you to go crazy and be over-obsessed with it. Right. And I would protective. I would make the statement, like I said before, if there's any damage to the packaging, if there's any way that it was fastened other than what you know from a manufacturer's standpoint, mm-hmm. it was fastened. Um, if there's anything in it that looks funny or demeaning, throw it away. Right. Other than that, I think you're okay. Yeah. By all means, don't cancel Halloween. Right. Don't cancel the fun. Yeah, because it's not. That's not all what it's about. Right. Like. I mean, you're making memories. You're having fun with your children. Exactly. You're you're making the most out of it, and that's definitely something you should continue. Right. But that that's that's just where we're gonna end it. It, it was a really hard one, yeah. and don't let it ruin anything. Yeah. Until next time, always remember to listen closely.